This is Jessica Pate, your host for Brave Together podcast. I am here to serve, encourage, and inspire you in your journey as a special needs mom. This is your tribe. This is your community, your place to be reminded that you are not alone. Please follow along as I share stories, inspiration, and resources just for you. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. And I'm so excited to share my best friend, Kimberly Coy, with you today. And we are talking on this episode about EMDR, which uh, we will get into, but it is a type of therapy that Kimberly practices. And I think it is really applicable to us moms because we have been through so much trauma with our children. Probably a lot of us feel like we have PTSD or ongoing traumatic stress disorder, depending on our child's needs. And so I just thought I would share this and share Kimberly as an incredible resource. And so a little bit about Kim. She's a marriage and family therapist working for the Refuge Center counseling in Franklin, Tennessee. She is passionate about serving women walking through transitional phases of life. Kimberly has a Bachelor of Science in Communications from Oral Roberts University, a Master of Arts in Teaching English to Speakers of Other Languages from Columbia University's Teachers College, and a Master's in Marriage and Family Therapy at MMFT from Lipscomb University. She is a member of the American Association of Marriage and Family Therapists. She has traveled to many parts of the world teaching English as a second language and has volunteered extensively with women's projects in Ethiopia, Mozambique, and India. Kimberly grew up in British Columbia, Canada, and spent many years living in New York City. She now resides in Franklin, Tennessee. In her free time, Kimberly enjoys hiking with her chocolate lab, playing tennis with her family, and spending time with her girlfriends. She is a mom to two teenage sons, one of whom is adopted from Russia. Hi, Kim. Hi, Jessica. It's so good to be on the podcast today. So for those of you out there who have never heard this before, Kimberly and I dreamed up we are brave together. Together. Back in the spring of 2016, we had been doing these fluffy girlfriends retreats in different locations in the country with speakers and friends and friends of friends. And it was amazing. And it was so much fun. But we turned to each other and said, where could we really meet a need? I think we should put on retreats for special needs moms because who needs a break more than a special needs mom? So We Are Brave Together was born four and a half years ago with with Kim pushing me towards this amazing dream. And here we are today. So Kim, let's talk about EMDR. I know it stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing Therapy. It's a body-mind integrated therapy that has been proven to be highly effective for those who've experienced trauma. And I'm going to let you take over and share with us. Great. Yeah. Thanks, Jessica. This is something that I am very passionate about as I've seen the role that EMDR has played in my own life. 
as I've dealt with some past trauma. And so I always tell my clients that I don't expect you to do the work of healing that I haven't already done myself and already worked through. So I discovered EMDR a few years ago as I was a mom raising a special needs child myself and going through some trauma of my own as I was raising him. EMDR was a tool that helped me get to that trauma and reprocess it in my own mind, in my body. So like you said, Jessica, EMDR stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. And the whole idea behind EMDR is that sometimes we have memories that are easily processed in our brain. For example, if you were to go out with girlfriends and just go to a restaurant, you might remember that memory as a very fond memory, and it just gets processed properly in your brain. You can remember it. You can be at another restaurant and talk about that earlier memory, and it's a very positive thing for you. But let's just say you go out to a restaurant, and all of a sudden an earthquake happens at the restaurant. Forevermore, that memory of being in that restaurant during an earthquake could be processed in your mind as more of a traumatic experience. So then the next time you were to go out to eat at a restaurant, you may be triggered by the memory of the past trauma. I guess what I'm trying to say is that trauma has no timeline. So when we're triggered by something in the present that reminds us of our past trauma, our bodies can literally react as if the trauma is happening right now in the present. So what do we do with EMDR? EMDR accesses these difficult memories and reprocesses them so that they can be adaptive and stored in a safe place in our brain so that we no longer react the way we might have acted to the trauma in the past. Basically, it takes away kind of the negative charge that the trauma produced and stores them in our minds in a more adaptive way. So the technique that we use is to follow either a light bar that moves back and forth across the stream, or you can follow um, tappers in your hands that where you feel a slight pulse in your palms, or you can use audio tones that sort of um, tone left and right uh, in your ears, if that makes sense. And so the whole idea is that um, we go back to the original traumatic memory, the analogy I like to use is if you have weeds in your garden, we all love to pull weeds, but we know that if we simply chop off the top part of the weed, they're going to grow back right away. So what we need to do is to get to the root system of the weeds. And it's the same for the traumatic memory. We go back to the earliest possible memory and we start pulling it out literally by its root so that we can bring balance to the system. Wow, that sounds incredibly powerful and simple, but not simple at all. And I'm sure it's a process. I mean, what is what are the average amounts of sessions that it would take? That's a great question, Jess. Actually, evidence-based research has shown that EMDR is a much more efficient technique than traditional talk or trauma therapy. 
So as far as the number of sessions, that really depends on the number of memories that a client would need to process in the session. Um, I use what's called an eight-phase approach to EMDR, which combines somatic experiencing. So we do a lot of resourcing activities, a lot of breathing. I teach grounding, resourcing, so that when the person is triggered by a traumatic memory and they're not in session with me, they're going to learn how to regulate their bodies and regulate the emotions and the sensations that are coming up. So we do a lot of somatic processing and we also look at an attachment tool um, for EMDR. So we keep the client very safe in the space as they're processing their memories. So um, as far as the link, that just depends on the individual person. So the other thing I wanted to mention too about EMDR is it uses what's called bilateral stimulation. And I talked about that a moment ago when you follow with your eyes a light bar that moves back and forth or the tappers that are in the palms of the hands, or you can use an audio method as well. The idea of bilateral stimulation is that it's actually mirroring what happens to us at night when we sleep in our REM cycle. So if you were to look at an infant sleeping, you can often watch their eyes are moving back and forth. And so it's the same idea that the eyes, we replicate this REM sleep process and um, this stimulates the left and the right hemispheres of the brain to reprocess the memories. And also then, in turn, it alleviates some of the trigger responses, some of the emotional responses that come up, and also the body sensations that might come up as a response to the trauma. So do you have clients who are going to start this, but they are really, really afraid of what comes up. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'll just share with you actually my own personal experience as a client doing EMDR. So I said earlier that I, um, I had some trauma around uh, raising a child with some special needs. And so I knew I wanted to process the trauma, but I was very afraid of what would come up. I was afraid of going back and having to almost relive the experience. The amazing thing about EMDR is that you actually don't have to tell anybody, you don't have to tell your therapist the details of the experience. And so it's, it differs a little bit from traditional talk therapy in that you don't have to go into great detail. And when you're working with a very safe therapist who has resourced you and whom you feel very safe with in that space, they keep you from going out of what we call as therapists our window of tolerance. So they keep our bodies very regulated. The part of the brain, the amygdala, that stores your fight, flight, and freeze response to trauma can sometimes um, be very dysregulated when we bring up traumatic memories. Sometimes that will um, come across as, you know, anger or um, panic attacks or heart beating really fast, face flushing, or send us into fight, flight, or freeze mode. So an effective therapist will absolutely keep the client in the present. Uh, it's not hypnosis in any way. And um, encourage them to reprocess the memory. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. 
It's also interesting that we as human beings don't really do a great job on our own of processing our trauma. There's a really interesting YouTube video that looked at polar bears in the wild. And when they are stunned with a stun gun, they will literally shake off the trauma that they're experiencing. And so then when they wake up, there's no more trauma stored in our bodies. But as human beings, we do store trauma in our bodies and it comes out as a physical response, an emotional response, or possibly an illness of some kind. So the idea is we want to alleviate these symptoms of trauma through the bilateral stimulation that we do, which is following the light bar or the tappers like I talked about earlier. So when is somebody not a candidate? Like, do you ever have anybody or have you ever read like a certain population or a certain mindset going in? It's not going to work. Like, is there something that you tell your clients to prepare for to be in the right space to do this type of therapy? That's a great question, Jess. It obviously has to be a person that's willing to do the work and willing to go back to some of those early memories, stored memories, trauma memories, traumatic memories. And um, we also really check for a person that has not had um, high-level dissociative behavior. So dissociation, it's a trauma response, usually where you're almost feeling like you're outside of your body. So EMDR works best when a person is definitely present and within their body. A lot of times dissociation is described as floating, so we need to make sure that that doesn't happen in EMDR. So we'll definitely check for that. Okay. And then do you recommend this in teenagers or adults? I mean, do you see this in teenagers? Do you see this just for adults? Do you see this treatment for children or children not the right population? It's too, they're too young. Yeah, you don't want to probably start too young, but it has been used for children, for teens. I use it a lot with teens and definitely adults too. The children need to be verbal, of course, but and there's there's probably an age limit. I'm not exactly sure what that is. I mostly work with teens and adults. So, so I think about moms whose kids are psychologically fragile, like Ryan, and I think about moms whose children are medically fragile. And they've been to the hospital so many times. Their children has had so many surgeries. Um, uh, mothers who have children with seizures. Um, and I can't even imagine. And I've just heard moms describe what that's like. But that has got to be so traumatic for moms to see their children medically or psychologically compromised. I, I don't know what it's like to watch a child or an adult child having seizures. I'm sure that is extremely scary. And I feel like I hear more and more about epilepsy all over the place. So if you're a mom out there listening and you've been through these kinds of traumas, um, Kim, do you think that our our audience, like this is exactly what that's for. It doesn't have to be, it could be any trauma. Right. And the trauma doesn't have to be something that we've experienced 
in our bodies necessarily. It can be what's called secondary trauma. So the example you gave, Jessica, of uh, a mother who's watched her son or daughter going through an epileptic seizure or another trauma, that can literally be secondary trauma. So the next time around that this happens, the mother can have the same symptoms of trauma that she experienced the last time. So this can be really hard on a parent in watching their son or daughter grow up with seizures or other traumatic events in their lives. So the target for the parent coming in to have EMDR, this technique would be really good in alleviating some of the trauma responses that they might be carrying in their body, whether that's digestive issues, if that's any other kind of physical illness, panic attacks, anxiety, um, even mood swings or emotions due to the traumatic experience. So for me, when I did it as a client myself, I um, went through the whole process of EMDR, all the eight phases, and um, when we were reprocessing and I was following the eye movements with my eyes and reprocessing some of the traumatic events, I literally found that my body started to shake uncontrollably, almost like that polar bear that I described in the wild. And what's interesting for me, Jessica, and I was always a little bit embarrassed to share this as an adult, but I would often be in groups and realize that my hands were shaking. I just had a nervous tremor. And I think I've shared it with you because you're my best friend and I share a lot of things with you. But I was always very cognizant of it and I was always very embarrassed. In fact, um, sometimes like in a class or something, or I was a teacher for years and I would have to write on the chalkboard. And if I were nervous at all or feeling any kind of anxiety or any kind of triggers, Fear was one of my triggers. Um, I, my hands would shake, and I would have to write on the blackboard, and it would be very embarrassing for me. And I would feel humiliated. What is my problem? Why am I shaking? I need to get to the bottom of this. So I did a lot of EMDR around the traumas of my past and actually watching my son go through some things and some other trauma early on in my life as well. And as I began to reprocess during the bilateral stimulation phase of EMDR, I started shaking uncontrollably, like I said, and my therapist was so wonderful and reminded me that I was in a safe place. She actually offered to come alongside of me and shake herself, which was very healing to me in the process. And after some time, I stopped shaking. I mean, shaking, I meant my whole body was shaking, Jessica. After that, I was peaceful, and I've had so many opportunities where I've had to write in front of other people, where I've had to take notes in sessions with clients. I used to not take notes very much because I was so nervous that they would see my hand shaking and think, what's wrong with their therapist? And so after EMDR, I can honestly say that a lot of those symptoms were relieved for me, and I've just come out on the other end as a much more peaceful person on the outside and also internally. It literally rewires the neural pathways in your brain. 
I don't know, I can't explain to you how that actually happens, but there's been a lot of research done on it. So like if, if our listeners go Google this on YouTube mm-hmm. and they watch a session, they're going to say that's voodoo. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, you know, it just looks funny, right? When you just see it and you don't really understand it. So speak to that to anyone who goes to Google after this. Yeah. I would probably suggest that the listeners not Google it because as you all know, whatever you Google, you can find the good, the bad, the ugly kind of for everything. So, you know, there are probably going to show up some shows on YouTube that would show somebody doing it very improperly. And it it could very well look like voodoo in that sense. There are some um, great websites. So emdria.org, that's spelled E-M-D-R-I-A.org. That would be great. So the Emdria website is probably one of the best websites to learn a little bit more about EMDR. Yeah, to learn a little bit more. So it was actually, it's kind of interesting, and I'll just share um, the origins of EMDR to you. But it was founded in back in 1987. So the technique hasn't been around for all that many years. And it was um, founded by a woman called Francine Shapiro. And it's become one of the most researched methods of contemporary psychotherapy. Um, and so how it was founded is actually Francine Shapiro loved to go on hikes. And as she was hiking, she noticed that she had to watch out for like the roots of trees and plants and sticks and rocks and things on this, on the path. So her eyes were moving from left to right as she was scanning the trail. So one day she had, um, a difficult problem or something that she was trying to solve. And so she went out and took a walk on this trail. And when she came back, she noticed that she had so much clarity. And she started to think, why was that? And she realized it was something about her eye movements going left and right through the trail. Now she was already, you know, a trained therapist. And so she began to research this and research the neuroscience behind that and came up with EMDR, which has been widely, widely used. I think, as you said early on, in the podcast, it's been used for PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. Wow. So how do our listeners find a therapist that does this type of therapy? Is there like an, are you part of an association? Like how, how would, how would anybody find a therapist that, that does this? Yeah, that's a great question. I am not sure of an actual website that would list all of the EMDR therapist names, but I know Psychology Today is a great website that lists uh, psychologists and therapists, and you can do a Google. I think you can do a search in there for who does EMDR. You definitely want to find a trained and certified EMDR specialist, um, not just somebody who's watched a YouTube video and wants to try it out on their clients, um, that would not be good. So I think that is something that you could Google EMDR therapists in whatever city or state you live in and come up with a good list of them. Thank you. Well, I think I will be researching that and adding that to our list of resources that I collect for the moms of We Are Brave. I'm always, always, always adding. Yeah, I think it's such a great technique that is so widely used by therapists. And I know for me, it's just made a world of difference in my own body, my own mind, 
(laughs) and even my own ability as a therapist to really get to the root of the symptoms and the root of the trauma and to try to alleviate some of the, some of the symptoms that a client is having. It sounds, it sounds really remarkable and amazing. And I, I, I mean, I might have to try this myself. So I would love to find someone here in Southern California. Yeah. Great. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's not scary. Um, It's just something that can really work in conjunction with our brains (laughs) to really find some healing. So if you're in Franklin, Tennessee, and you would like some EMDR, just look up Kimberly Coy at the Refuge Center. And um, she's your gal. Well, thank you for this time, and thank you for educating me and our our listeners about EMDR. It just uh, the more and more uh, stories that I hear about moms' journeys. I just think this is another tool and another resource that we can offer. And um, so, thank you for sharing with us today, Kim. You're so welcome, Jess. And I love you know the whole idea of we are brave together is that moms don't have to do this alone. And so sometimes if we're just resourced in the proper way and know that there are people out there and there are techniques and modalities that can be used to kind of help us and support us as moms, because moms, we have a, we have a hard journey and we see a lot of things and we sit in the space of a lot of hard stories every single day and hard emotions We don't have to do this alone. There's support out there. And I love what you've done, Jess, in just celebrating moms all over North America, soon to be probably all over the world, (laughs) and celebrating moms and letting them know that they're not alone. And this is just one tool, possibly EMDR, um, but it's it's so important to get the support that we need as moms. So thank you, Jessica, for kind of paving the way and creating this amazing support network. I always say this, but I mean it every time. It's an honor. It's a privilege. It's all my heart. I had to. I wanted to. (laughs) I just love that. Thanks, Jessica. Hey, friends. Thanks again for listening to the show today. I hope you learned a lot as always and appreciated hearing about EMDR, another tool, another resource for you out there as we are always looking out for you moms, trying to inspire, empower, strengthen, teach, educate, and help you feel like you are not alone. Thank you for being a faithful listener. I hope that you have subscribed I hope that you've left a rating and a review because it means so much to us and also helps our podcast get out into the world more and more and get mom's attention and hopefully we can inspire and help those moms. We're all in this together. So please spread the word about Brave Together podcast and we drop new episodes every Wednesday And as you know, I love quotes, so I'm going to leave you with this one by Buddha. Our sorrows and wounds are healed only when we touch them with compassion. Bye, friends.